Are you ready? Yep. Ready? Fictionalized fiction audio drama. Hello and welcome to Podnoving, a podcast about podcasts. Uh, we are Josh and Carrie. Uh, we're gonna give you we're gonna give you some uh, some recommendations, some pod recs. Everyone's uh, you know taste differs, so get to know us because ours is great. You can learn what we like, and mm-hmm. then see if you're like you know if you're a Josh or you're a Carrie, right? Or maybe like a like a combination, like a like a jury. Anyways, that's the goal. Uh, mm-hmm. So we listen to a shit ton of podcasts. Obscene. Uh, by genre. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we talk about them. That's what we do here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week's genre is fictionalized fiction. Some would say uh, audio drama, I heard. Uh, I like that uh-huh. one. Uh-huh. Uh, but first, we go now live to our intrepid podnobbing news reporter, Carrie for the latest updates in the ever-changing world of podcasts. Carrie? Thanks, Josh. I'm here with Podnobby News. Uh, first, we must begin with our now consistent, sorry about that corner. This week, I believe it is Josh that comes to you on his yeah. knees with an apology. <laughs> yeah, it is, uh, it's come to my attention uh, that in the last week's episode, uh, I may have repeatedly over and over and over and over again, mispronounced a name. I was called on it, uh, and so I want to apologize for mispronouncing a ridiculously hard-to-pronounce name. Uh, I'm going to try to say it right here, according to uh, according to my our Instagram follower who Don't pointed this out to me. Uh, Get it right. Uan Rayon. Or if you say it really fast, Unrin. So I I think that's right. I watched the YouTube video on how to pronounce it several times. And I'm pretty confident Unrin is right. So, you know, to, to Claire, our, our uh, Instagram follower. Yep. Um, sorry about that. Sorry about that, Claire. But thank you, Claire. For correcting us, because yes. we do enjoy interacting with our listeners. So, by all means, if we make more mistakes, you we both grew up in environments and families where we can handle being told what is wrong with us. That's so, pretty much all I got as a I child. What? I want your feedback. Yes. Here's, here's what you did wrong, and here's your negative reinforcement. <laughs> okay, on to the news. All right, so today, uh, this episode will be published on July 23rd, but we're recording it on July 15th, FYI. Okay, from Cosmopolitan. Have you heard? On June 24th, Tinder and Cosmo launched Single Swipe and Repeat. It's actually Single Swipe Repeat. I added the and. It felt right. It was wrong. This is a branded podcast about dating hosted by Cosmopolitan Relationships Director Faye Brennan. Tinder users throughout the country share their most memorable, funny, and relatable dating stories. Don't worry. This podcast isn't all ordinary people. That would be gross. 
Every episode has a celeb guest who dives into the drama with Faye and makes things more interesting. Apparently, there was an episode uh, about a couple in Chicago where a Sox fan dumped a Cubs fan, Josh. (laughs) Once they found out they were Sox and Cubs fans, shit was done. It's hard. It's hard to, as a Chicagoan, it is, uh, it's not easy. My mother, Sox fan. And I haven't talked to her in years because of that. No, Ouch. I, I, actually, I, I have talked to my mother. We actually go to the Crosstown Classic. Uh, we try to go every year. Uh-huh. Um, and it's fun because, you know, uh, I'm a Cubs fan. She's a Sox fan. And uh, there's fireworks. <laughs> Literally, there's usually fireworks. Okay, from Hot Pod. Recently, Netflix launched a podcast series of director's commentaries called Watching With... Thus far, Netflix has released two episodes, one for the film Someone Great, featuring director Jennifer Robinson, and another for the recently released Always Be My Maybe, which features director Nanachka Khan and actor Randall Park. You can access the podcast via Apple Podcasts or Spotify. From Pod News, a new podcast network launched on July 1st called Erios. Erios is a female-founded podcast network dedicated to content created by women for everyone. Powered by Acast, co-led by actors, writers, and producers Amanda Lund, Maria Blasucci, along with filmmaker and ex-agent Priyanka Matu. The network well, you're going to just brace yourself for Instagram comments. I'm just saying. The network will offer diverse hosts covering topics from comedy and news to lifestyle, entertainment and sex. Erios raised funds through a Kickstarter in 2018 aiming to raise enough money to launch with 6 to 8 shows. However, they raised enough money to launch 12 shows this year, including one from Margaret Cho and one from Canadian musician Feist. I remember Feist. Yeah, she has a podcast. From Variety, Sony Music Entertainment is getting into podcasting. The company has formed a joint venture with two veteran podcast producers, Adam Davidson, a New Yorker staff writer and co-founder of NPR's Planet Money show, and Laura Mayer, who has worked at Stitcher, Panoply Media, and WNYC. The union has no official name yet. And finally, from Pod News... We talked last week about how podcasts make it onto Apple charts. Mm -hmm. Turns out there's more. An Ohio-based company promises to get your podcast into the iTunes top 10 for $15,000 per month. The company claims to help podcasts achieve this through marketing, sending your podcast info to potential listeners identified via algorithms. Their system is under question. This company offers a 48-hour money-back guarantee in their contacts. Chart placings start at 5000 per month for a top 50 listing in a podcast primary category. And that is all for Podnobbing okay. News. Well, thank you, uh, our intrepid uh, reporter for Podnobbing News, Carrie. <laughs> That's me. Uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. And now we return to just regular Carrie, podcaster. And we're gonna I've got to change about- my hat. Uh, this week's uh, genre is audio drama or fictionalized stories or whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, this one was um, it, it was hard to choose just because you can't really like you have to all just listen to like a couple or you yep. know, one or two, depending on how long they were. Yeah. And then just make a choice. Is it going to be this one or do I go on to the next one? So yep. does it grab me? 
Um, so I was able to listen to a lot, but only a, a few of them. So I'm sure I passed up a bunch that like are great, are awesome. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah. Uh, so I I picked two mm-hmm. uh, different ones. Uh, one's yep. sort of a sci-fi uh, mystery, and the other one's sort of a a horror mystery, and uh-huh. you went with also a, a sci-fi, if I believe. I did. I went with the sci-fi. It was hard, though. It was like being in a book group and trying to, like, race to finish the book before book group meets. So right. the, this was much harder. You couldn't. I couldn't just listen to a couple episodes. I was trying to – I wanted to at least finish season one, and then I was like, no, I want to go all the way to season two. So, yeah, yeah it was, it was, just, it was kind of a tall order. Let's go right into it. Let's go to uh, Carrie's picks uh, – or Carrie's pick, right? Single pick. pick. Mm -hmm. One pick. Uh, Let's talk about it. My pick is uh, titled, We Fix Space Junk. We Fix Space Junk. Intriguing title. It's brought to you by Battle Bird Productions. This show is written by Beth Crane. I would describe this show as Star Wars meets Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy meets Star Trek. The entire hook of the show revolves around debt. (laughs) A world that basically runs on debt. Uh, So it's relatable and it's pretty great. Our lead character is a cyborg named Kilner. This character is played by Beth Crane. You can say it. It's not a dirty word. You're a... Sorry, I mean, I'm just... I'm a cyborg. There you go. But, like, can I ask you what actually happened? Some things. Like what? Mining accident. Industrial accident. Radiation, crocodile, etc., etc. I can go on. Oh, you've gone all pale. Little tip for you. If you wonder whether you should ask something, 90% of the time, it's better not to. Kilner, whose age is undisclosed, uh, but she's clearly been around a long time. She has seen a lot of things. She's quite wise. And she, like many of the characters we meet, is indebted to a giant corporation called Atomnicon, which not only helped her get off her dead-end planet, but they loaned her money for her education. Now indebted to them forever and continuously racking up debt with every meal, every injury, every imperfect moment that requires a little bit of help, she travels around to different planets doing mandated jobs as a repair person for Atomnicon. Okay, I can already see uh, parallels to our world and our time. So our character Kilner, also like so many of us, uh, she's got a side hustle. Um, She smuggles people from time to time. And that's how she ends up with a rich girl whose luck is not so great. Don't you have any, you know, fun foods? Fun foods? I've got a weird craving for party rings. What are you, seven? It's a bit of a culture shock. Woman, you're planet shopping with what you think is the love of your life. Then you're in prison. And then you're living on a repair ship eating breakfast paste. Did you ever have any big plans for your life? She ends up staying with Kilner indefinitely, and she also ends up horribly in debt to Atomnicon. My favorite part of this podcast was the moment where Kilner's friend, uh, who's also a uh, repair person for Atomnicon, just keeps earning degrees because he's so deeply in debt to Atomnicon that he figures I may as well just keep learning stuff. That hit painfully and wonderfully close to home. There are two seasons currently available. Episodes range from like 6 to 25 minutes. Beth Crane has recently published a novella as well, set in the world of We Fix Space Junk. Uh, The title to that is Atomnicon, The Intern. 
These folks do rely on Patreon, so if you listen and you love it, you can show your affection with cold, hard cash. Who's who's going to love this? What I loved about this show, first and foremost, is our lead character is this badass cyborg woman who's been around the block a million times. She's deeply in debt to a really shitty company. She handles everything with such grace and such strides. She's a female like Han Solo, including like she just like has like a dude who she kind of meets on and off. You know, they have mm-hmm. a sexual relationship, but she's she's certainly not romantically invested because she just can't be like life life in her life and 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 life with Automicon is just too hard. The way she mm-hmm. deals with like the rich, obnoxious girl that's the passenger. I, I love their relationship and the way that they end up connecting with each other and communicating they don't become best friends but they learn how to have a functional working relationship and to me that is so real i love that she's part cyborg i love that she talks about doing surgeries on herself it sounds like it sounds like an anime it sounds like an anime uh, plot yeah i'm getting like a cowboy bebop kind of vibe there's an ai on the ship and the ai on the ship obviously like the women have to go into deep sleep mode when they travel really really long distances and the ai always complains about getting bored and i loved that i loved this aspect of ai that you know he's a conscious being and he has to be just completely alone for uh, unbelievable amounts of time so i really i really enjoy all aspects of that show and then of course being like a star trek nerd since i was a little kid the fact that they go to all these different planets and you you know, you meet you meet different species and you learn about different ways of life on the planet. And of course, much like Star Trek, you know, it is not Kilner's responsibility to butt in to the to the culture there. Right. She's there to fix a problem and get out. So that always creates some interesting. Uh, so it's almost like a new episode, like a new plot every episode. But there's like a through line. That is correct. It is a new plot every episode. You will meet some repeat characters. That's awesome. Yeah. Each planet kind of colonization was like a topic for one of them. And then there's a prison planet where they have this really interesting narrative about in the prison planet, what they do is they use this tower to emit a pulse to make all the prisoners like just kind of like brain dead happy where they just sort of float around with no real thoughts other than basic like breathing, eating and sleeping. That's that's the dream. Right. And so, of course, Automnicon is like, this is great. But then so the machine breaks and they're starting to get their 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 thoughts back, their consciousness back. So, of course, violence breaks out. But then you meet a lot of the people that were imprisoned for like crazy things, like an author that wrote a book criticizing like one of his leaders. He's on the prison planet. We'll be safe in a minute. Those people out there, what happened to them? They were always like that. The raid just makes them incredibly placid and calm. They're, they're all murderers and, and terrorists if the rays aren't on. That shoe seller used to make clothes out of human skin. And you? What's wrong with you? Oh, I'm the worst of the bunch, really. What, what did you do? I'm a book reviewer. What did you do? Murder your editor? I wrote an unflattering review of Major Lacan's young adult fantasy series. Oh kind of interesting because it does sort of have a quiet nature about it i have not really ever listened i've listened to books on books on mp3 i've never listened to like a fictional podcast actually so all the ones i listen to including yours they have a softer nature about them where not every second is filled up with noise i don't really know i i I don't know if i'm explaining this very well but in any case, they do have a it's a there's a softness about the podcast that is sort of a weird contrast to the content. But mm. I really 
I really enjoy the lead character. I would say that I probably listened to this show 75% for Kilner. I think it's worth checking out. If you really enjoy a strong female protagonist, I'm assuming you're going and you like science fiction, you're probably going to like it. So that's my pick. My pick is Beth Crane's We Fix Space Junk, available to you anywhere you get your podcast. I listen to mine on Stitcher. I believe it's available on all podcast platforms. Check it out. Um, I I picked two. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Which one should I do for you? Pick the one I should do first. I think we should talk about. You know, what? I'm going to do Girl in Space. Damn it! I was going <laughs> to recommend that. Okay, I was going to recommend that. So you basically took my advice without even knowing it. I sent it to you okay. telepathically. Girl in Space is a fictionalized um, audio drama uh, written by written and produced, and she does I think pretty much everything on this podcast. Her name is mm-hmm. Sarah Ria Warner. Um, Sarah is also the lead character, uh, and she is the, uh, titular girl in space. And it, it is what it sounds like. It's about a girl in space. That's mm-hmm. kind of where you start and you're like, what, what's going on here? You think sometimes that you're all alone, but wherever you are, whoever you are, you're wrong. It's girl in space. Here's a, another hard part about this genre, too, is you have to kind of use gimmicks in order to get the story across. Like, the gimmick here is, uh, you know, she's talking into a recorder, and that's what you're hearing. Like, so every you know, every episode is just her in this sort of uh, space diaries. What Sarah has managed to do, though, in this, in this podcast is pretty incredible in her writing in that she has able to use that gimmick in a way that doesn't sound forced, in a way that sort of slowly opens up an entire universe of storytelling and characters and, like, really paints a picture. Um, and, like I said, the foreshadowing is incredible. Um, I went back and listened, actually, to some of the early episodes after I was finished um, and was taken aback at how much foreshadowing I'd missed and was kind of slowly in there. Because her character is, she's kind of dry, I guess. Uh, she mm-hmm. she reminds me of um, Daria a little bit. Oh, Daria? Of course, I remember Daria. And uh, or uh, maybe like a Diane from BoJack Horseman. Sure. Um, yeah. She has that sort of sort of dry mentality, but that also could have something to do with the fact that she's been alone on a dying ship in the outer verse somewhere. I don't know where it is exactly, but it's out there by herself. There's things that lets her survive, and then she also has there's like an AI robot right. character named yeah. Charlotte, and that's right. that's pretty much it. But there's no other humans. At least there hasn't been for a long time. Uh, her mother and her father you kind of get to know through these diaries mm-hmm. and sort of what happened to them and why she's been alone for the last uh, I think it's something like 13 years I did the math at one point because she does like the star date kind of thing you know how Star Trek does you know Captain's Log star date 5659432167-45 yes. yes. it's like that um, but it was mm-hmm. like 10,000 days or something like that so I 
I did the math, but I didn't write it down. So I want to say it was like 13 years or something since. You did all that work, but you didn't write it down? Yeah, it was more for just for me to figure out. I didn't think I was actually going to talk about that now, but here I am. Here you are. That's it. So that's how it starts off. So again, Mm. she leaves you with all these like things. You're like, how did, how did, what happened to the ship? You know, what happened to her mom? What happened to her dad? Why is she hovering this star? This thing, uh, there's like a star called Ra. Uh, why Why were they there? What were they experimenting on? Like all these little things in just her exposition and just what she's uh, sort of believably saying onto this recorder, which is just really, it's really hard to do uh, from a writing standpoint. I'm, just, I'm only going to spoil the first episode because I think that'll hook you. I don't want to get too involved in where the story goes uh, because it's crazy but at the end of the first episode something different happens where she sees a little blip like she thinks maybe it's a star maybe it's a ship maybe it's a satellite well, she doesn't know what it is but it seems to be getting closer uh, to her 10 marks and that's how the first hour seventeen forty-five. this probably isn't really worth noting but during my final radiation tests of the day i saw a blip out in the opposite direction of Ra. It's a bright light with the pinpoint clarity of a star, but obviously it's not a star since it wasn't there yesterday, or even a few hours ago. Also, it's moving. I would say that it's a comet or an asteroid, but at at this point I don't have enough data to make that assumption. And we all know what happens when we assume. Did you listen to any of it, or... I listened to two episodes because your second pick and then also between We Fix Space Junk and your second pick is like eating, it's like eating popcorn, you know? So it was a really tough competition. Yeah, they're definitely different vibes. Um, Yeah, so uh, I ate the popcorn. Girl in Space, much more uh, poetic, um, uh, more, yeah, where you're just listening to it. uh, And you're right, the other one was sort of popcorn. I think an important point to make about this podcast is something that I have said about you before, which is there are folks who will start something, and even if it starts off a little quiet, maybe even some would call it a little slow, there are the types of people who just will stay in, and you're a stay-in kind of guy. This podcast, it's a very quiet, gentle. Well, I'll hook. tell you this: by the by, the third episode, um, it, yeah, she's not. There's all the secondary co- characters start coming in, um, and oh. without trying to get away with it, it, it definitely picks up in pace. Um, and then mm-hmm. you get all these very likable, lovable, and hateable characters uh, that she's written into this. Uh, it definitely opens up more um, towards the end. I do want to warn people, though. That this currently it is not complete. This season one has yet has one more episode to go that has not been released yet. It was I was looking at like the release dates of the podcast and like for like the first few episodes it was every two weeks and then it started to be like every month and then it was kind of every other month. So like you could tell that a lot more was going into these. Uh, as they were progressing um, but she has an awesome thing on the on her website the girl in space podcast.com um, where hmm. it's got a progress bar for, for episode 13 so it's like a hundred percent of the script is done a hundred percent recording she's about 85 percent done with her dialogue editing at this time and then she still has to do the editing sound and design and then the polish you know making it all sound she also does i'm just gonna shout out on her other stuff um she has sarah ria werner has 
another podcast called Right Now. That's like W-R-I-T-E, Now. It's a mm -hmm. writing mm -hmm. uh, podcast for you know, aspiring writers. And then huh. I believe she also teaches a podcast now masterclass about uh, just trying to launch a successful podcast. So I, I would like to continue listening once I get off the crack of the second podcast that you yeah, chose. Right. Okay. Video Palace is a shutter Wait, original. Wait, we should take a break. What? We should take a break. Now? We should take a break. I want to talk about the podcast that I picked. Josh. We're taking a you break. Take a, you take a break. Fine. Are we done breaking? That was torture. Yes, we're done breaking, Josh. We're done breaking. You may now talk about your drug-like podcast that you recommended to me that interfered with my ability to listen to your more poetic podcast. I'm sorry. It was awesome. It wasn't this awesome. This was an awesome... It's, addict it's addictive. It's a little addictive. I believe it was mentioned before, but this podcast is called Video Palace. I'm Mark Cambria, and this is the story of a strange videotape and a real mystery waiting to be solved. Welcome to Video Palace. It is a, uh, I would say, horror mystery. It's not really horror, yeah. though. Um, it is. It's it scary. is kind of like horror. It, um, but it has that quality yes. of the ring. I got ring yeah. vibes. I got uh, Blair Witch vibes. Um, right. Like uh, VHS uh, vibes. Those are those uh, horror right. anthology movies. Um, yeah. Shit like that. It's called Video Palace. Mm -hmm. It is a Shudder original podcast. Shudder is uh, mm -hmm. AMC's network um, premium streaming service for like all the uh, their suspense and horror movies and TV shows. And and this is Fancy. their first. This is their first venture into the podcast realm. Um, and it's it's a doozy. The acting is the best I ever heard. Again, I only started listening to these kind of podcasts in the last couple of weeks. But mm -hmm. to me, these were by far the best acted uh, as far as voice acted. And I think the best written ones that I've heard, and it, it, it does not deviate from that. It is like that from the beginning. It seems so real. Um, and it's so descriptive. It it is about uh, our our main character's name is Mark. Oh, let me. You know what? First, let me talk about the. Uh, just give shout out to the creators and writers and stuff like that. Let's see. I had it. Yeah. Written here. Um, written directed by Ben Rock, uh, and Bob DeRosa, and produced by Liam Finn, uh, with executive producers Michael Manello and Nick Brachia. I believe is how you pronounce it. Whole team. Brachia. Um, Brack, yeah. yeah, you. Some of these people are known. Um, like Chase Williamson is the the main character. Mark, um, he was in. He was like one of the main character in John Dies at the End. There's kind of two main characters, but he was one of them. Uh, he was also in a show that I watched called Video Game High School. Uh, so he's he's a, he's a, a guy. He's a real actor. Um, Devin Seidel is also. She's like the other main character in this. Uh, she plays Tamra, the girlfriend. 
of Mark. The girlfriend. Yes. Yeah. Okay. She's also yeah. like, if you saw her, you probably know her. She does a lot of TV stuff. Like you, she's been in like Brooklyn Nine Nine and Parks and Rec and Malcolm in the Middle. Wow. And she was in uh, Rob Zombie's one of Rob Zombie's movies called Thirty One. So she, she, these are you know real actors that were hired to to do uh, to do this podcast. But the story is is really cool. It's um, this guy. He's a like a, a VHS collector, like a tape collector. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. what he does on the side, and he comes across the white tape. I got the white tape in one of these boxes, not knowing that there was something special in between copies of Chud and Jimmy the Boy Wonder. I watched it for a few minutes, and soon after, I began talking in my sleep. Is that a coincidence? Or is the white tape something more? But it's not normal talking in his sleep. It's like uh, other language, other... It's weird. Like talking in tongues, yes. like chanting. Right. Mm-hmm. Girlfriend is like, dude, you're talking in your sleep. And so he gets one of those uh, voice apps that records like disturbances when you're sleeping. It's like for people that snore or whatever. It's a real thing. Um, <laughs> and so that's where we get our first audio of, of this. And that's sort of where the story comes in um, is this creepy voice that is happening to him after uh, he watches that. The way they made it sound almost like a documentary. Yeah. Like he's interviewing all these different guys who um, work in like horror. They work in um, rare film VHS and video. They, I mean, so he has all these like, they sound like real people. Yeah. <laughs> they sound like real Everything people. Everything sounds real. That's and where I got like the Blair Witch kind of feel. Frozen, the Hatchet franchise, and uh, I also have a TV series called Holliston. Oh, and I do a podcast. We were watching yeah, some sort of, yeah. uh, you know, found footage or something this just leads him down this crazy ridiculous path um, from going from one clue to the next clue and then you know shit starts happening hits the fan and i I don't want to get anything i don't want to talk about this too much because i just want people to listen to this because it's is really cool um i have not seen whether or not there's going to be a season two um so i'm going to say this is did you finish it i did finish yes um, and oh, you the, did. Whole, the whole first season is is a complete season. The whole first season is definitely it's there. It is available. Now, look, okay, look, it's available everywhere right now. But I would direct people to the Shutter website. Um, if it's just a Shutter.com, S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Um, and then that way, maybe for sure, I just want there to be a season two so bad. So I want people, <laughs> I want people to go to to their the, the website where it, it is, you know, being created and have people listen through uh, through Shutter. Um, you need to hear this. Well, I have like five pages left. Just trust me. Just just listen to this. Okay, I'm gonna put it on speakerphone. Okay, hold on. <clears throat> okay. Okay, listen. What, just, just listen, 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 listen. Does that sound familiar to you? How is that? It's on my voice, This is a real, I mean, like I said, it's a real popcorn popper kind of podcast. Yeah, very so retro, kind of like Stranger Things vibes, you know, where you have like yeah. the, just the, the, yeah, yeah. 
the storyline is not something that like you've never heard or experienced before. You know, I, 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 it's, it's horror. And a lot of, a lot of horror does have, there's some similar threads in a lot of different horror. And I would definitely put it in the category of horror because of, because of movies like Josh listed. Um, however, it is absolutely addictive. <laughs> and it makes me want to check out more horror podcasts, actually, because it's very enjoyable. It's so cool. creepy. Video Palace. So that's that's my number two rec. My number one, Girl in Space. Oh, and another thing about both of these podcasts is the, I guess we call it the, the theme songs or the soundtracks. Uh, they're fabulous. Um, Girl in Space is a perfect uh a mix of like 80s retro and space noises um, it kind of sucks you in like a stranger things kind of theme um and i thought it was fantastic it's a it was just a perfect mood setter for the show and also with a uh, video palace a very kind of also retro feeling kind of exciting um theme song to get you to get you prepared for the show i i thought the both the music for both of those podcasts were awesome um, please uh, like, follow, and subscribe to their podcasts, as well as Carrie's picks. Pick. Pick. We fix space, space junk. junk, and as well as our podcast. Josh, shall we tell oh, them how to yeah. connect Podnobbing. with Podnob? Which here's so the surprise twist, oh. Carrie. We are also an audio drama. Everything we say has been scripted, <laughs> highly produced. Even this right now, I'm reading it off of a piece uh, of paper. So I'm, I'm always highly produced. I like to think that about myself. So if you have any suggestions for our writers, mm. let us know at uh, podnobbing at gmail.com. Or if you would like to speak with our producers and writers yeah. of the show and our tell team. them what you think maybe they our should write team. about. or Yeah. Um, let them know at uh, our social medias. Uh, we are at on Twitter at podnoving we are on facebook at podnoving and we are on instagram the instagram the gram, the gram and if you've already gotten an amazing podcast suggestion from us which you probably have by all means tell a friend tell one friend about podnoving and recommend to that friend you've got at least you one probably friend. have at least one if you have one friend that is not your cat although if your cat could subscribe i would love that Please tell that friend that you get your podcast recommendations from Podnobbing and we help you find the coolest, generally lesser known podcasts out there. Visit our website, too, because Carrie puts a lot of work in uh, putting our blog Mm -hmm. together, Uh, lists all of our recommendations, all of our past recommendations, Mm -hmm. uh, lets you know how to subscribe to those and listen to those, and also goes into detail about each individual episode. So visit us at podnobbing.com. Josh, it's time for the lightning round. I thought we were going with rolling thunder. How do you make rolling thunder sound? Does that sound like Rolling Thunder? You sound like Vinnie Barbarino. Well, you do a Rolling Thunder. What does it sound like? Elvis. You do a Rolling Thunder. I want to hear it. I don't know. I need like a like a like a saw. Do you have like a saw? I can like. Oh, I sound like a ghost. Mine wasn't good. All right, lightning round, Rolling Thunder round. Josh, what are you watching? What am I watching? Yeah, what are you watching? No, I'm watching. I, I finished Stranger Things like everybody else. But I didn't I don't finish talk it yet. About that. 
let's see what else am i watching oh i started watching a like reality uh glass blowing competition show what? on netflix where are you going called, lately was... you're watching the weirdest stuff yeah, you're watching, watching weird game stuff. shows and reality glass blowing yeah well there's something about the, re- the glass blowing that i always found it intriguing so it's uh it's interesting um i always thought maybe i'd want to do it but now after watching the first episode of that show i'm like nope too hot there's just they're sweating profusely i sweat profusely <laughs> and just sitting here i like the idea though of like for your competitive glass blowing to appear on the show like you have a whole team mm. like you've got a guy that just is in charge of wringing out your braid you have like a team that quickly changes your shirt at some point <laughs> like you just mm. wear velcro they have to rip it off and like towel you down and then give you another one you're gonna have to have a forehead dabber that's pretty fucking funny so I'm watching that, but what I've been watching the most of, Carrie, and this is no lie, uh, I was feeling a little anxious um, one night, and what I find uh, comforts me is Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh God! Uh, I've been watching it. repeats, or uh, you know, Star Trek TNG, mm-hmm. but I find it uh, very comforting uh, and familiar, and allows me to uh, relax. Yeah. To these dulcet tones of Jean-Luc Picard. Oh God! Who's your favorite character? I know you are a big Star Trek fan. Who Who is your favorite TNG character? Worf. Worf is my favorite character. Worf, really? Do you not remember the episode where Worf Sensor. watches Data's cat? I mean, if you don't fall in love with the episode where Worf watches Data's cat, <laughs> I just, I don't, I mean, then we have nothing in common. I love his relationship yeah. hey, with Worf's his cool. son. I love, I love that, like, he's actually this very loving, protective human being who was raised by humans. I love his relationship with his adoptive family. I love that he is a fierce warrior. I, I like, I love Worf. Worf is sort of my... Worf might be my Patronus. I don't know. Hmm. And you have a sexual attraction to Jean-Luc Picard, if I remember correctly. So Jean-Luc Picard is secretly my husband. It's so secret that he doesn't even know. Uh, his actual, uh, Patrick Stewart's wife is actually my age. So, I mean, I almost had a chance. I was so close. But I adore Patrick Stewart. He is, in fact, coming back. They're doing a whole other series about Jean-Luc Picard. You know that, right? Yeah. 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 S- We're going to see a lot of our... One of our old heroes. I just adore Patrick Stewart. Is it the voice or is it the confidence or his hatred of children or... So what I loved about Jean-Luc Picard, what I loved about that show, and I will still stand by it to this day, and I've seen episodes of the new Star Trek. One of my very good friends, you know, made sure that I watched the new Star Trek because he loves it so much. The Discovery. Yeah, Discovery. It's great. Yeah. I, I really, really liked it. I, I, lo- I frigging love the Vulcans. So I do like that there's more information about the Vulcan and Vulcan culture in the new one. But because that really was missing from TNG is that there wasn't like a, a, a featured Vulcan character that was always a little bit of a bummer. But the next generation had the most emotional connection like the like the intimacy and the friendship between all the characters was palpable 
And I love, it's what kept me going back. And it's what, when I watch it again, it's like a pacifier, man. It is so comforting to see all my old friends. See, that's what it is. That's why, that's why I turned it on. I turned it on. And so I was like, I'll, I'll just start at season three. You know, I'll just start there. Yeah. I'm only going to watch one episode. I'll just start there. Nope. Started and now have not. I'm like on season five or something. It's it's just so good. I'm a data man myself. A lot. Yeah. A lot of people love data. My favorite character Mm -hmm. of maybe all time Mm -hmm. is data. Mm -hmm. That's saying a lot. I've watched a lot of television, but data is definitely top five character all time for me. Oh, yeah. Um, His friendship with Jordy. It, It was just his 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 desire to obtain humanity mm. it, it 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 arcs through from the beginning of the show all the way into the to the movies mm. um and it, it's one of the coolest character arcs of, of all time especially just in sci-fi uh, of all time so that's what i've been watching carrie oh. tng and you know what while i'm at it i'm just gonna say you should watch the orville all of it if you like tng yeah you're the second person to tell me that i guess i should check it out that shows way closer to TNG than Discovery is is to TNG. I like Discovery too. I'm not one of these like one or the other. I like both, but yeah, me too. as far as that level of comfort and that the the character building, mm-hmm. um, in two seasons, the Orville has done what uh, it took actually a little bit longer, I think, for Next Generation to do. Right. I never rewatched season one of Star Trek Next Generation. I don't even know what happened. I forget the lady, the t- Natasha Yar. I've always forget. I just forget she even existed. But she does come back later. I mean, as Natasha, we all know, yeah. she comes back later as a Romulan. Season one has oh, mo- is mostly hard to watch, but mm. it does have it does introduce you to the Borg. It does introduce you to Q. I start at season two and immediately feel like I'm just floating in a bath of puppies and ice cream and everything is fabulous. Yeah. We are Carrie, we're we're losing our under But they should know if they rewatch Next Generation, they they spearheaded so many things. I mean, whenever people talk about like gender you know the current gender battle i'm always like next generation told us that this was coming this is the future they went to the planet where there's no gender Riker fell in love with a genderless person how can you grow up with next generation and have bigotry in your heart if you watch next generation you should be a better person feel like that show just constantly reiterated like love and acceptance and i loved that yeah, except I hate the Ferengi. Maybe nobody like likes the movie. Ferengi, but man, you know. But see, that's the thing is Picard handles himself so well. Even when Picard doesn't particularly like somebody, he handles himself with respect and grace and appreciation. And that is why Picard will always be my captain. Well, and he had that rubbable head. Moving on. Oh, I right, love Next down. Generation. Okay. I am watching. What are you watching? Funny segue. I'm watching this, the show called Sex Education. <laughs> it is available on Netflix. It is, was created by Lori Nunn. Uh, Gillian Anderson's on here. You know, Scully. She's out there. The truth is out there. So this is actually a show about high schoolers. So I really thought I was going to hate it. But I actually heard about it on another podcast. And a couple of the things that they said about it, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this show. And so the first thing that completely caught me here was the main character has a best friend who is a first generation Nigerian boy growing up in 
England, you know, it's, it's, it's set in England, although I forget what town they're in. They say it like a thousand times and I forget, but that's not important. He's a uh, gay and the character is so lovable and adorable. The whole, I mean, the show was called Sex Education. So as one can imagine, there's a lot of conversations about sex and about the complexity of sex and figuring out who you are and figuring out, you know, your body and what you want as a very young person. I'm sticking my, uh, I'm sticking my index finger into my fist and putting it in and out over and over. <laughs> yeah. That, that's definitely visual, visual the gift that should go along with this show. It's a wonderful show because they tackle a lot of really difficult subjects. The first three episodes are fine. Um, and I say that with a capital F. They're fine. The first three episodes, I was like, eh. And I stopped watching it for a while. And then I kind of just meandered back to it one day. And then I, and then I binged the rest. Because they did start tackling some subjects that, that are really challenging. And there were a couple episodes that really moved me. So you're saying you stuck with the show? Yeah, I you did. you thought it was okay? I know. And then you're it got teach- better you're and teaching rewarded? Me. Re- it rewarded you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, right. The TV zen of Josh. The zen of Joshy's TV watching. Sex education available on Netflix. Cool. Uh, and, well, you know, finish Stranger Things. It's Whatever. Gonna be I'm getting to it. Sex education reveals that being a teenager is like this heartbreaking, painful experience, but they do it through comedy. And I can relate to that. Right now, Stranger Things is like cutesy wootsy. And I don't like cutesy wootsy. I like, you know, secretly sad, but making you laugh through the pain. Josh. Yes. What are you reading? <laughs> so my favorite part of each episode is the what uh-huh. are you reading? Now, Josh, because there's so much to choose from, but what I wanted to talk about, remember when earlier when I, I teased that I had something about the Girl I in do. Space podcast? Uh, well, it comes back mm-hmm. to right here. Mm-hmm. What am I reading? I this I, I found the how they foreshadowed and the way they wrote the episodes of mm-hmm. Girl in Space so attractive that I read all of the transcripts of that show. Because they have, she has them on her ah. website, and it's the, not only was it a great podcast for me to listen to, but also got me to read. It's helping heal your broken, your broken um, widower heart. I'm really proud of you, yeah, so. and I'm really thankful to Girl in Space for helping heal my friend's heart. I stayed away from the cafeteria book sharing, uh, <laughs> the sloppy seconds counter, of your but, book sharing yeah. group. What else is in there? What other soft porn has been shared in your book oh, sharing group? Yeah, tune in, tune into next episode. You might find <laughs> out. Okay, so. What? What about you? What are you reading? As I mentioned last time, I started in N.K. Oh, Jemisin's right. The um, Obelisk Gate. I am going to be reading that for, I mean, for quite a while, guys. So what I wanted to share with you instead was, in fact, one of my, well, my only podcast pick also sent me down a little rabbit hole. So in the podcast, We Fix Space Junk, the lead character, Kilner, often talks about having to learn how to perform surgeries, how to learn how to perform medical care, and the multitude of surgeries she has had to perform on herself to save money because getting somebody to do it for her would cost a fortune. Uh, And also, she's often alone in space. So it led me down the rabbit hole of real people who have had to perform surgeries on themselves. So there are a few very famous cases or stories of people who had to perform surgeries on themselves. Mm -hmm. One of the most famous ones uh, that a lot of people know about is a movie with the guy that cut his arm off. It's got to be that. 
I no wasn't going it's there. Be there. No, it's grosser than that, and it's great. So one of the most famous stories about a person having to perform surgery on themselves occurred in the 1960s in the Antarctic by Russian surgeon Leonid Rogozov. Do you think I got that right? Perfect. In the 60s, he was the only surgeon on this expedition. They were, you know, flown in, dropped off. They were going to be left there for a year. He had absolutely, he realized during this expedition that his appendix, being a surgeon, he knew the signs, that his appendix was going to burst. He knew he had terrible, terrible, terrible appendicitis. So what this man had to do because he was not there. He was one of, I believe it was eight people. I think he was one of eight people. No one else was medically trained other than like your basic, like, you know, put pressure on the wound and put a bandaid on it kind of training. Mm -hmm. So this guy had to remove his own appendix. He had to use local anesthetic. Obviously he couldn't use general anesthesia. He couldn't do this if he was like passed out in sleep. So he used local. Been good then. Local <laughs> local anesthetic and a mirror. He had several people in his group, I believe there were three of them, who acted as his assistants, who were simply there to act on his command, but they had to watch the entire thing. He had to open his own abdomen and take his intestines out. In addition to that... Just so... Just so you know, I have stopped doing that motion with my finger and my fist because this is gross. He almost passed out multiple times. The bleeding was severe. In opening the peritoneum, he actually, he accidentally injured his gut and had to sew it up before he could go on. He finally got to the appendix and he removed it. He cut it out. He had to sew himself back up. And then before he allowed himself some, you know, intense painkillers and sleeping pills to sleep off this incredibly traumatizing experience, he talked his assistants through how to properly clean the room and the surgical instruments before he knocked himself out after removing his own appendix. Hmm. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, that's what you're... Uh... That's what you're this reading, is what I've huh? been reading. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, that's what that's what I've been doing. Okay. So what are you listening to? What song can you not get out of your head? Uh, not so much songs. I just wanted to give a little shout out to the Michigan Peace Festival. Bands like, uh, let's see, who is it? Like Flabby Hoffman and Jake Willis and Rhombus and uh, Bongo Jack and uh, a slew of other uh, jammy bands and uh, yeah that's what I've been listening to I have been listening to like Dolly Parton nonstop, and yeah, like Dolly. there's always something about Dolly Parton that makes me feel like hopeful but I think my body is trying to tell me something I need more mm -hmm. I need more like pizzazz in my life more sequence I need more sequence in my life alright I think that's gonna wrap up our show buddy mm -hmm. next up Josh Science and medicine. I want you to recommend the slowest and most boring one and make Josh listen to it. Oh, come on. I want you to find the Noam Chomsky voice of science and medicine podcasts. And I want you to insist that Josh listens to it. That's what I want. 
All right. <laughs> Toodaloo. Uh, uh, uh.